0: Us. It's the word that spoke of us, amen, that prophesied of the last day, and we're looking here at the promises of God, and I see victory, amen, and I'm looking for complete and total deliverance, those of you that have been sick and wrestling it out, and just problems here and there, I'm looking for total deliverance, I'm not satisfied with just partial. Not when we can have full deliverance. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord today. Maybe you want to take your request before him today as we pray. Father, as we bow before you, we want to express our thanksgiving. What a mighty God we serve, an awesome Lord father who has given us such a mighty message such a mighty word in this last day that you would call us sons of god and daughters of god and ordain us to be here in this very hour we believe that we have been predestined for this moment in time we're asking lord that you'll minister to hearts and lives you'll speak to souls lord according to the needs you'll just bring deliverance in in your children's life lord as we said not just deliverance but total deliverance oh god we're looking for people to be totally surrendered we want to be totally surrendered totally committed our whole lives surrendered to you i pray lord that you'd anoint the word lord as we read it today and anoint us as your children anoint hearers to hear, and anoint a speaker to speak. Lord, wherever the people are around the world, I pray that you'll just minister to them in a mighty way, Lord. For we ask it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 for our scripture reading this morning. And I hope you're ready for, to have church today. To enter into the presence of the Lord and let him speak to you. Amen. So may the Holy Spirit just reveal himself to you in a very, very spectacular way today. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if children and heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation, that word is display, of the sons of God. Then turn with me to John, um, I think it's 1 John 1 uh, John 1 and 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. How many believe on his name today? Amen. Amen. He gives you power then to become sons of God. God bless you. you. Can be seated. As I was thinking this past week, there's certain things that have kind of rolled over my heart as we ministered Sunday on, and hit different points and different things that um, maybe we will emphasize again this morning. We will see how the Holy Spirit leads. There's some really, really um, wonderful things that lay in the Scripture and in the message that God has sent in His last day. I, You know, I was reflecting back um, to what was available back in the early 1970s where there was little print in those days of... Brother Branham's sermons and um, there was a man by the name of Brother Jack Palmer whose name sometimes you'll hear on tape Brother Branham referred to him he compiled a book of quotes and actually uh, later would find out some of them were misquotes and called it the nugget book <clears throat> and one of the questions that was in there what does the bride of Christ look for? And then, you know, the, the conclusion was, um, as you can kind of stack your quotes any way that you want them to get the desired um, answer that you want, that um, he, the conclusion was that there was to be nothing happened but the coming of the Lord, that we're just to wait for his coming. And, and I found that he was, at, he was right, at least he was partially right anyway. But what he didn't realize was that the coming of the Lord was to be in bride form where, where there must be manifested Messiahs. And this would take place before the meeting in the air. As um, there, the coming of the Lord is in phases, we can see that outlined in the scriptures, the shout, the voice, and the trump. And um, so three different phases of his coming. And um, we, we didn't understand or comprehend or wrap our minds around all that God was doing. I'm not sure that we have totally wrapped our minds around all that God is doing in this age. Um, the song says, I want to know more about my Lord. I think uh, that should be something we should be looking into the message daily and into the Bible to see what is promised and prophesied for this hour. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know there, there were three different phases that would come, and, and there would be the word coming to a prophet, and of course that is the coming of Christ. And then there would be the, the bride coming of Christ, which would be the word made manifest in a body of believers. And then finally, and ultimately, and what we still look and long for is the groom coming of Christ where we will meet the Lord in the air. But all of this is part of his coming. It was very necessary for God to send a message of restoration, to send his word in this generation, to open it back up where that we could understand um, what had been lost down to the ages. And so it was very important for the Word then to be revealed to a prophet because that's God's only way of revealing His Word. And it wouldn't be a new Word, but it would be a restoration or an uncovering or another look back into the Scripture as um, the, um, the dust and the dirt of, that have been covered by fragments of man's ideas down to the ages, had covered up the truths of God's Word. And, and God would, He would reveal His secrets to His servants, the prophets. And um, there would be a, a restoration of that Word. And then, of course, um, many of us who were in that era of time, we thought because we had the Word, the message was come. We was already ready for the coming of the Lord. And so, therefore, you know, it was it we were ready we were prepared because we had the message and we didn't realize that it had to take on flesh we didn't realize that not only would it take on flesh but there were many that would that would be there in the promise of that word that wouldn't even be materialized yet they were we had to wait for them to come because their names were in the book of life and and of course um you know then then we we um, uh, we look there in that era of time as as we have reflected back um, in the in the sermons that we preached on. Is there hope for revival? And you know, go wake Jesus and how that you know we we've let Christ or let the faith and, and the word of promise just kind of grow dormant in our lives and the churches settle down, just content to argue out the message as we sail along the way and, you know, debate this part or talk about this great event or that event of the past and and uh, not not realize that we're, we're, we were coming to a time where that there had to be, there has to be an awakening, where we has to come to a realization that it's more than just talking about the message and... And discussing its higher points, or it's more than just talking about the great miracles of, that would, would take place, and, and how that God would singularly use a man to be a messenger in this last day, an Elijah prophet, a forerunner to forerun the second coming of Christ. We didn't even realize that not only was he the forerunner of that meeting in the air, but he was also the forerunner of the bride coming of Christ. That he would would point to a word born bride, even as John the Baptist pointed to the groom when he came. And so he was identifying that there would be a bride that would come in this last day and and she would be a, a people in whom the word would be on display in. She would become manifested Messiah. Now, of course, you know, those who only saw the word coming of Christ to a prophet, and they stopped there, they missed a very important phase of the Lord's coming. And, um, you know, so the church kind of settled down and put everything on hold as it was. And we were just told to wait and just grow and mature and get adopted, And what most don't realize is that the true baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are adopted and placed in the body of Christ. If you have that true baptism, you are adopted sons. And as adopted sons, you do not have to crouch down like scared children and hide when a Goliath comes stomping around and makes his threats. We know that even a little slingshot of faith that we, we have played with as, since as children, that some pass off as just a child's toy or, or something very elementary or thought as something not very deep. But yet that little slingshot of faith can make giants fall when it's loaded with a stone from the name of Jesus. Amen. And and of course it is something that is... is is. Maybe this thought is elementary, but it's something of great necessity that we be a people of faith in this last day. And uh, Brother Branham would, would uh, even remark about this, in, as he said, and what it takes to overcome all of unbelief, our faith. And he says, um, God said, I've heard the cries of my people. I remember my promise, which I had with Abraham, and today when the church is sick, And the sickness is piled up. And the people, because of intellectual pride and so forth, is getting away from divine healing, getting away from the Holy Spirit. God still hears the cry of his people. I'm so glad for that here today, that God still hears the cry, even after men forget. Even after, you know, we just kind of lollygag around or just uh, enter into a slothful dormant stage, God doesn't forget his promise. And he hears the cry of his people and he sees the need that is in the body. And if there was ever a need, it is a time that we should awaken our faith to claim every redemptive promise that God made in his word. Amen. But as Brother Brandon would remark himself, he said, we have not used his faith in so long and his spirit and his faith so long till it merely goes to sleep in our souls. And that's why we've got to come back to a faith, to a living faith that works. And man, that's, that's where Brother Brandon would point it out in Feast of the Trumpets, and he says that we find the scripture in Malachi 4, there's an anointing that comes down to restore again that original faith. And I just want to say that that's exactly where we stand today. There's anointing that has come down. It wasn't just a word, but an anointing, an anointed word. A word with life in it. A word with transforming power in it. A word that will change you. Amen. There has to be anointing come down and restore that original faith. And that's what we see. Revelation 10 shows that, that mighty angel Christ, an anointing coming down. You say it wasn't an anointing. It was an anointing. It was not a physical return of Christ. It was an anointing coming down to anoint a, a word in this day and some messiahs who will take that word and press it down toward the end time. Now, here we are in this time, you know, but, you know, even, even now we stand and we're, we've been in a, in a really, really serious time as we've entered into 2020. 2020. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a struggling time. It's a difficult time for many that is in the world. I think you could agree with that. Amen. And, and you know, I, I just shared this little little thing with someone, with several people. You know, Brother Joe preached on impossible math. And, and then someone said, but if 2020 was a math problem, if you're going down a river at two miles an hour, and your canoe loses a wheel, how much pancake mix would you need to re-single your roof? You see, it's been one of those kinds of a year, you know, every kind of thought, every kind of mixed-up idea, everything to try to, to scatter men's faith and to keep their faith from the promises of the Word of God, And everything to try to to do But it's in those moments that we as sons of God can exercise our faith. That we can put the faith that we have been taught to work. Amen. And, And many of us, even in this building today, we have met with the thing that was feared. And we have risen above it. Amen. That our faith has conquered it. Amen. I think of Brother Kenny, Sister Jeannie today that that are home and and they're recovering, they're on demand. I just want to tell them again, your faith, your faith has had an opportunity to go to work and you see it working. Amen. This this is exactly where we stand in this day. It's a troublesome time. But it's a day where faith has to be fine-tuned. And we've got to know how to use faith in this hour. Even Brother Brandon would tell us uh, in his, in his uh, discernment that, he would, that God would gift him with. And it would tell them who they were and where they come from and what their situation was. And it made them know that God knows. That there's a God present. Amen, that God had to be there and that he could be touched with their feelings, right? Amen, but, but he said, you know, many of them will stand before me and he says, they think their faith is way up here, but he said, they hadn't got faith. And they, you know, they're saying they got faith, but it isn't up here. It's like, it's like tuning a string on an instrument when it comes up and coincides with this up here and then things are ready. It's got to come up and coincide with the word. And any demon that's got that person bound has got to turn loose when that kind of faith comes. That was the whole purpose of God sending a prophet. In our generation, was to tune our faith, Amen, to make it tighter, yes. to bring it to where it is saying every time you strum it, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Not a people whose faith is out of tune, but a people whose faith it matches the word. Yes. Whatever the word said, they believe it, and it demonstrates it. Amen. Now, again, this is what he would say. I'm catching your spirit. I'm trying to get your spirit where it's caught and and, and I can catch it and then tune that spirit. He, He didn't use the word tune in there, but he said, I'll catch that spirit. And he says, there's something hindering them and laying in the way and one little shadow will vibrate it away. And then he, said, then he said, there was a little lady standing on the platform a moment ago, and he says, here's a little inside something. I was catching her spirit. And he said, and when you're projecting, when he got her, her spirit to hold steady, and then would, would project to her your very thought, and you change her thinking, and get her centered on Christ." You know, you know, again, this is the whole problem with sickness and, and problem with, with uh, diseases is because your, your thoughts are centered on, will I ever be well again, the pain that I'm feeling, the situation at hand, what the doctor says, even what Miss Google says. You know, it's, it's all on, on that. And Brother Brandon would take and by a gift center the person's mind on Christ. Amen. Right. Amen. Change her way of thinking. She, said she can't change herself. She's in a world. She's in a canoe and, there's a, and she sprung a wheel and, the, and, you know, how much pancake mix will it take to fix the roof? It's just scattered from here to there, from here to there. But if you can ever get them centered on Christ, amen. Not a Christ in the past, not a Christ who walked the shores of Galilee, but a Christ that is here, that is present, that's a healer, that's a deliverer, that there's nothing too hard for our Lord. Amen, that he can change situations. Remember, that's what he had to do with Sarah. He came and called her name and told her of a promise. And she was doubting and he had to pull her thoughts back to the, the word. And she, he pointed back to himself and he said, Is there anything that is too hard for the Lord? And that's the whole thing when we can get centered back on Christ again. Amen, that he is God. That he's the same today. Amen. That he's here present among us. Amen. There's no sin that can stand in front of that. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no problem he can stand in front of that. When you get them centered on Christ, the devil has to go. Amen. Amen. And that's why preaching on faith is so necessary. And that's why I'm pounding service after service to change your thinking. And get it centered on Christ. Amen. 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 Now, Brother Branham talked about a a woman that, you know, went to see a young girl. She actually was um, in her mid-30s and was teaching college. And she met a psychiatrist. And she'd never smoked or drank or... Uh, and all her life, she was a fine girl. Her parents were Christians. And her father a doctor. And she gave her life to, the, to Christ at a, uh, a young stage. But this man began to work on her. And he began to be, began to work on her thinking. Now, I want you to stop and think a minute. Because this is where we are today. You know, it's here, there. They got you where you don't know what to believe. Amen. I mean, every, every kind of, of opinion, every kind of thought. The president's got one. The opposing party's got another. And the CDC's got another. And, and everybody's got their own thought. And weekly it changes. And they got people's mind in a whirl. Amen. But do you see, this is, this is what the world wants to do to you. Get your mind in a whirl. Exactly right. Oh, is it really wrong to cut your hair? Is it really wrong to paint your face? Is it really wrong? Oh, can't you have a couple of beers and still be a Christian? You see, it's trying to put the minds of the people in a world. And you're hearing it from every side. Every side. Every side. A barrage of voices. Hey Amen coming against you. And this, this this psychiatrist began to work on this girl and said, You mean to tell me you never kissed a boy? You know, not one time in my life. No, you mean you've never had a little drink in a party? Never. Well, girl, you just don't know what you're missing. You know, and him being a psychiatrist, he swung the girl's mind until she became so evil and bad. Until she don't even want to hear the name of Jesus spoke in her presence. Think of that. That's what America has come. Got the minds of the people, the nation in such a world. Amen. Until she's become so evil. I'm talking about America. And don't smirk out there in the world today. Your country is just as bad. Amen. All of them are controlled by the devil. We got a whole world whose mind is being given to the beast. Are you with me? Amen. And and so she, America, the, the, the world has become so evil and bad till she don't even want to hear the name of Jesus spoke in her presence. And even her father and mother can't see her no more. And she lost her mind. And this week we'll go to institution for shock treatment. It's because her thoughts were turned from Christ unto what a psychiatrist was moving her mind. And what are we here for this morning is to move your mind. This is what Brother Brandon would even say. What he was doing, I'm moving your mind. Even Paul would say, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. And what we are here for is to move your mind and your thinking from the things of the world unto the things of God, which is eternally. And that's what preaching is for, is to convert the thinking to a higher and better, to a place where Christ is until you become converted. Then your mind reaches for those things that are above. So here we are. We're living in a time where we've got to have our mind set. On Christ. Right. And now we got television, movies, education media, social media that have changed the thinking of our world. As you've learned in the last few days, our social media and Twitter and Facebook and Google and all of them, you know, if they if they don't want if they don't want something heard that would, would hurt their candidate, they don't want that spoken. Right. They silence those voices. Amen, it's, it's like nobody can make uh, is allowed to look at all of the facts or all the things and make up their own mind. They want to make up your mind. Yes. Amen, the Bible said these have one mind and they give their power and their strength to the beast. Here we are, it's a crazy world that we're living in. The world has lost all sense of decency. There's no, let me just say to you, if you're looking for normal times again, it's never going to be normal again. What you knew is normal will never come again. The world is lost of sense of decency. There's never, there is no going back to what we knew is normal. What you're seeing now is becoming the norm for the world. And I'm telling you, that's why we must leave it. We must leave it. Amen. Listen, the Bible said as it was in the days of Noah. In Genesis 6 and 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Certainly that describes again our day. Amen. The Bible said in that time there were great men and men of renown. Great sciences that came up, and we're living in a day where that, that education has reached its height, and, and science has reached its glory, and all these other things, and men are now men of renown. Are you with me? Amen. But you see, what does it produce? These men of renown, what are they producing? An age of wickedness. An age where, where the wickedness of man is great on the earth and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart on evil continually. Amen. You know, you cannot read a news article, whether it's conservative or whether it's the other. It doesn't matter if it's a conservative news site or whether it's a liberal news site. They've got expletives, you know, with, with, uh, where they don't leave nothing really to your imaginations. If you you know, asterisk there to block out a few letters as if that makes any difference. Things that would have never been said, but it swung the minds of men until their own evil continually. My, but I want you to remember in the days of Noah... There was not only Noah representing the church who found grace in the sight of the Lord and went through the flood of tribulation, but I and passed over into a new land of the of um uh, to a new earth. But uh, I want you to know that in that same time, while men were choosing women such as they desired, there was a man who walked with God, there was a man who was also a man of renown. The world didn't call him a man of renown, but he's a man of renown. In fact, it doesn't matter the names of those men of renown are not even known today, but this man's name is still known. Enoch, who walked with God. Enoch meant dedicated. A man, a consecrated man who was dedicated to a purpose, to a walk with God, who kept going higher. Who didn't stay where he was? You cannot be an Enoch and stay where you are. You've got to advance. You've got to take another step higher. Enoch, Brother Branham would use him and he said, You're going to have to be an Enoch. You're going to have to have an Enoch type of faith. And he would even say, you know, I, I, uh, I don't, might not have the faith to walk like Enoch did and take an afternoon walk with God and, and, and not die and just go on up home. He said, I may, not, I may not have that, but I don't want to stand in the way of someone who would. Amen. Amen. He kept saying, I don't want to trip up or stand in the way of someone who does have that kind of faith. Because, he said, it's the kind of faith we're going to have to have. We will be who are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord, shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and caught up together with the resurrected dead to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with him. <laughs> this would make Brother Branham cry out as he come to the end of his time and, he's, and he, he, would, he would say this, and just once more, Lord, Lord, years I've wanted to see this happen. Maybe it will. Amen. Just once more, Lord, one more great move of the Spirit. One more time, Lord, and the church might receive rapture and faith to go in. Amen. My, certainly, as we look at it, as he, and he would say in the message token. I'm looking for a time of the break forth of the spirit Amen. of God in these last days that we're now living in for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church a rapture and faith for a rapture and faith just before it comes and everything is setting straight in order for that. Amen. I believe we receive the rapture and message. Amen. I believe we have rapture and revelation. Amen, that the word has been revealed. But at the same time, you know, they're, they're still, we still must have our faith tuned to move up another notch. Amen, until that we are beating in step with the word that is prophesied for this hour. Oh, my. Now, Brother Brandon would talk about this and why Christ speak, and and he would say, you know, he said, I think anyone, any boy, girl, man, or woman, uh, you know, an intellectual, that have an intellectual conception of what they think the word is, they can never have a full foundation until they've met that light that brings the word to reality. And I said that I think the church in its practice, no matter how intellectual and fundamental it might be, that church cannot strive until the supernatural is made known among that people and they see it. Something they can talk to that will talk back to them that vindicates this written word. You know, Moses heard that. Amen. He had heard that already the word was there. It was written in the word. That, that uh, Abraham, your, your people will sojourn in a strange land, and, but after 400 years, I will bring them out. I can't bring them into it now because the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. You see, they had to reach a certain level until God would be justified to drive them off that land. Is that right? Sin would have to reach a certain height, and God has also had to let it wait until this last age where sin reaches a certain height until God is justified to call it an end and take a people in a rapture and send tribulation on the earth. Amen. Amen. But Moses, you know, he, 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 there was was called out by God because God had written in the Word, but it's not enough for God to write it in the Word. You know, it's not enough just to write it in the Word. It's got to be quickened. Amen. God's also wrote it in the Word that after seven church ages, I will call a bride out. And I'll bring it to an end and I'll pour judgment out upon the earth. Now Moses knew all of this intellectually. The seed that was born in him was laying in his heart, and he tried through his intellectual experience with the word to try to deliver the children of Israel. And he knew it was the time, and he believed that he was the man. He, You know that the scriptures had said, that they'd already been there 400 years, and it was now time. Right, right. He could look and he said, but the Bible, the Word, what he told Abraham is now come to pass. We've been here 400 years. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. We've been at that time. And, and we, we, have, we have blocked time along until we're here. And yet I was born a, a strange child and and my mother and dad said there was a light that accompanied me my birth and, and all of the things that took place and they knew I was a special child and, and I've been raised up and trained and I'll take this training and, and I'll deliver the children of Israel. Amen. But it didn't work. It was only intellectual. That's why we've got to take what we have received and heard intellectually and have it quickened to us. Amen. We, we know we have lived the time out also. Come on. You know, the, the Bible didn't say after 400 years for us, but he didn't leave symbols in the Scripture, right? Amen. He said he, he left in Revelation chapter 1 through 3. He left a whole diagram of the Word that he would lay it out and he would, he would just show it, you know, from here, it would go from here into the messenger and these are angels and these are men and, and these are ages and these are times. And we know now we have run out of time. We have run out of ages. In fact, the last messenger has come and gone. Is that right? Amen. And we've lived the time out. And we know it's laying in the word that, 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 that we which are alive and remain will not hinder those that are asleep. And we can look back and we can see nearly seven ages of sleeping ones. And yet we got a word from Apostle Paul like Joseph's bones. They're not going to lay there forever. But one day, they're they're leaving here. And they're going there to the promised land. Are you with me? Amen. And we have went through time. We have went through stages. We've went through ages. And Brother Brandon said, the time of the rapture is at hand. And we're looking for a rapture in faith that can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that can change their bodies that we live in. When we see a God that can raise the dead off the floor and out of the yard and bring him back to life again and present him before us, when we see a God who can take a cancer that's eat a man to his shadow and raise him up to a strong, healthy man, that ought to give rapture and faith to the people. Amen. The things we've been seeing happening of healings and deliverance, even things that God has allowed you to, to overcome and defeat, a very wicked disease. And we don't know. We, you know, we don't know. We may have to face it again. Six months later, three months later, here it come again, and here it come again, and here it come again. We don't know. Amen. But we have seen what God's done. And it's an hour that we should be holding a clear deed in our hands of a token, the Holy Ghost, that the debt has been paid, and wave that in the face of Satan. Amen. And say, you can't stay here. You've got to pass over. Amen. It ought to give rapture and faith to the people that when the light flashes from the sky and the trumpet sound and the body of Christ will be quickly gathered together and changed in a moment and taken in the heavens. Amen. Schools of theology, he says, will never produce it. You've got to meet that light. And I just want to say all the schools of and the halls of message theology and training will never produce it either. You got to meet that light. You got to find that something. He would talk about and illustrate. He said, "You know, if you if, about the loss of your senses, if you bound them up, you know, you take a bandage and bandage the eyes of children. The eyes become weak; they're never used." The thought was if you bind up those senses, you know, uh, long enough and enough generations pass, you'd have people who were blind, born blind and unable to see. And Brother Brandon would say, if you don't use your senses, they become dormant. They won't act at all. Now, I'm just going to say, irregardless if that is true of the natural, it is sure true of the spiritual. You bind faith. You bind visions. You bind tongues and interpretation. You bind prophecies. It won't take two generations and they will become dormant and non-existent. Don't hang up on me. It's the truth. And that's what you're seeing that is happening around the world that they have been bound up by men's theology until they're almost non-existent. The church don't know how to use this faith. Brother Brandon said they placed their faith off, you know, that, that, and he called preachers doing it. He said, place their faith off in miracles and signs and the things that contacts God and gives him the Holy Ghost, and he placed that off Back there somewhere or somewhere else till the thing has become dead and he don't know how to use it. Oh, you'll say, yeah, God's a healer. And he said, you know, what about that God's a healer? If he ever was a healer, he's still a healer. If he ever was a savior, he's still a savior. If he ever was God, he's still God. So you see, it's a lack of faith that has been preached into the people. And that makes them let that sixth sense, which is faith, lay dormant. And he cries out, oh, God, we're supposed to be the children of Abraham. What a poor excuse we are. Oh, God, wake up that sixth sense in this church among these people. Faith is what subdued kingdoms. Faith is what wrought righteousness. Faith is what did all kinds of miracles and signs down through the ages. You see, wake it up. Take the bandage off. And that's what we got to do in this hour. If there ever was a time we take the bandages off. Amen. And we open up our eyes and begin to look and see. are God still God? And he's still God to heal. He's still God to deliver. To awaken that faith. Amen. By hearing the word. There's 7,000 promises that lay in this, in this Bible, 7,000 promises of divine healing. Awaken that faith by remembering his testimonies. That's why testimonies are so important. We got to testify of the grace of God. Amen. Notice Brother Brandon would talk about that and he said, and in, in his own gift, he said, that, he said, now the gift doesn't heal. He said, what it's trying to do is get you in a condition to receive him as a healer. Right. He said, something stimulate the faith that's in you for being a Christian, it's there, but it may be laying dormant. Right. All right. The Bible said, he has given to every man a measure of faith. Right. But faith ain't any good if we don't use that faith. Amen. And he said, if they will just halfway believe, they'll get a blessing. Well, what would happen if we would fully believe? If we'll get a blessing just by halfway believing, what would we get if we fully believe? I say God tuned the strings of our faith. I say God awakened that faith within us. Amen. It laid in past generations. It laid in Lois. It laid over here in Eunice. But it's also in thee. Amen. And don't be timid to use it. It's an hour to use faith like we've never used faith. Amen. For sons of God to be on display, manifested messiahs. Amen. Brother Branham would say in Revelation, Book of Symbols. God is waiting and trying and pressing to get at the mystery of God revealed his church. That's what's holding back to coming to the Lord now in the great millennium is a supernatural power that really lays dormant in the church. Potentials are there. The potentials are there. This is why he would say in the message, pardon, why we ought to be a... A million miles up the road. Jesus is waiting on the church to get ready. His bride has made herself ready. We got the potentials. The Holy Spirit is here. God is here. The power to heal the sick. The power to do all things that Christ did. I've seen it demonstrated myself by the Holy Spirit. So the potentials are here. But he said, what is holding us back? What God is waiting for us is to get away from his, our traditions, and come back under the blood of his sons. Jesus Christ and, and become the church of the living God. How many is ready to be the church? I mean the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. The church that is an overcoming church, that is his body. Amen. Oh my, the Bible said in Romans uh, 8, 14, For as many are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. It is the baptism of the spirit of Jesus that makes us recognize that we are the sons of God. And all creation is waiting on us to recognize and act in our position as we sit with Christ with authority and power. Now, thinking of that, Brother Branham would talk about it like, you know, the germ of natural life, germantized from father to father to father to father, and he said, so in such a way is the life of Christ. He said that's the reason God uses the spirit of Elijah five times. It's the handing down. So he would hand it down, you know, from Elijah to Elisha, from Elisha to John the Baptist, to John the Baptist, to Elijah the prophet in this day, Brother Branham, and then right on down to um, Israel as the final time that the spirit of Elijah comes. So he said it's a handing down. And he said it just as your natural life and traits is handed down From the natural breeding of your father, so is the spirit of God that was predestinated before the foundation of the world. And when the entire word of God incomplete was headed up in a human body called Jesus Christ, in there, God made me pay for my sins in there. Hallelujah. You look at the crucifix up there when Jesus died, you were in him. And there's a handing down of righteousness. Amen. That comes to everyone that is born of him. Amen. And he said, when he rose, he raised me up with him in the resurrection. And now we are seated with him. With power and authority over every devil. Oh, if you could only believe what God has given Amen. But if you're not seated there, you don't have it. And if you are seated there and don't believe and afraid to move, you'll never use it. But if you're seated there, you will use it for you. are ordained to do what you're to do, a handing down. Amen. And if God is present, they're supernatural. If it's Jehovah God, if God's presence, they're supernatural. <laughs> Romans eight nineteen says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the display, the manifestations of the sons of God, the display of sons, the demonstration of sons. In Christ's mystery, Brother Branham would, would talk about this, and he said, you know, today... He said that in the last days, men will become lovers of pleasures, the apostle Paul said, Truth breakers and false accusers and high-minded and heady, despisers of those that are good, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. And he said, of this sort lead silly women, led away with divers' lust, with shorts and bobbed hair, everything else led away with divers' lust, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And these men resisted it as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, able to produce a church, produce a group of people. But their folly will be made known when Jesus takes his bride and sets her up here and says, this is her. And away he goes with her. Remember, their folly has got to come known. Are you with me? Amen, and he said it will happen when Jesus takes his bride and lifts her up, puts her on display. Amen, and, and sets her up and say, this is her, and away he goes with her. Amen. I'll tell you what, we're here on the greatest display of sons of God that there ever was. Don't you forget, don't you forget We're not Elijah, but every time God sends an Elijah, there's an Elisha who follows. Come on. I'm not talking about another man. I'm talking about a group of people. When Jesus was here, come on. The great prophet, what was it? A double portion was sent back to the church. More than this say you do. We have seen the display of God's supernatural power. I'll tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Amen. We're here on the very brink of the display of sons of God where God will make their folly known of all the impersonators, all the mockers, all the scorners, all the heady, the high-minded. Hallelujah. And he'll take a bride up and say, this is her. No he'll go with her. What does creation, why does creation have this expectation if there's no promise at the last day that the sons of God will rise up and conquer in the last days? Why is it? THE BIBLE SAID ALL CREATION IS UNDER EXPECTATION. THE WORLD IS ALL CONCERNED BECAUSE CREATION IS GROANING. Yeah. It's, 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 YOU KNOW, they, THEY'RE LOOKING AT IT and, AND THE SCIENCES ARE SAYING AND, and THEY'RE COUNTER and AND AGAIN, YOU KNOW, YOU DON'T KNOW WHETHER YOU'RE PUTTING PANCAKES ON THE ROOF because, you know, everybody's got their idea and everything else is as the minerals are depleted from the earth and dug out of it and the oil and the, and the fumes and the gases and the dying and, and the, the world that we're living in. Nature is groaning. And the very reason they're travailing is they're crying for sons of God. You know, they, these tree huggers think that the earth is crying for them to save it. They can't save it. Are you with me? I'll go in all of his stuff and his ideas and what he can't save it. All the money that would jump into it can't save it. The world is groaning not for fallen sons, but for adopted sons to bring a millennium back up on the earth again. Are you with me? And let me tell you, there is coming a renewed earth. And all that you're hearing about the groaning of the earth, they cannot answer to the groaning, but you can. And the change will not start with the earth Those chains will start with you, the king of the earth. When man fell, the earth fell with him. So the only way for the earth to rise again is for the king to come back into his place. And we're right on the brink of it. Let me tell you something. There is future for this earth. There may not be future for cosmos, the world, but there is future for this earth. Satan cannot destroy it. He can contaminate it, but he can't destroy it. Amen. We're going to have a, a thousand years of Eden upon the earth. And after that, a new heavens and a new earth. And it won't be a new heavens or a new earth in the sense of uh, a brand new one, something that would, didn't exist before, but it'll be the same one turned inside out and sin eradicated and unbelief and all the scars of it taken away until the whole heavens will catch on with the fervent heat. But the earth will live and on and on and on because she's in the thoughts of God as you are in the thoughts of God. And look at this body that you're laying in and living in of earth. Let me tell you, it may look like it's groaning, It may look like it's decaying, but Satan can never destroy it. Hallelujah. Even if it goes down in the ground, it will rise again. Amen. He can plague it with sickness, but it'll be healed again. Amen. And we're here on the brink of the greatest healing campaign that there's ever been, where we be changed from mortal to immortality. First John 3 and 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Oh, my, what love he's bestowed upon us. Oh, my, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Turn with me also to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Let's just look at this together now. Ephesians 1. That the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things, hallelujah, under his feet, Amen. amen, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this world, but the world to come. Amen. What is it? And it put all things under his feet. And gave him to be head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So again, what did he say? He put the Christ and his body which is the church. And he triumphed over everything. Put it under your feet. If it's under his feet, come on somebody, it's under your feet. And I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, and by which he fills everything with his presence. This is where he acts. This is where he's going to move. Amen. Let me tell you, you're looking for the second coming of Christ and the meeting in the air. He'll not even come to the earth. We meet him in the air. He'll not even come to the earth. So everything God's going to do on the earth right now, he's going to do it in his body, the bride. Amen. Amen. Wherever his church goes, there is his presence, for he's acting and speaking in her. Are you with me? Amen. When she can overcome her creeds, Brother Branham said, and the world that's drawn her in there, she'll come back to being the bride of Jesus Christ, Mrs. Jesus Christ. Come to realize who we are. We are mis- each Jesus Christ, we're Miss Jesus Christ. Hey, Brother Branham would say, Mr. Jesus and Miss Jesus. He says, Elijah and Elisha. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's an Elisha people here upon the earth. Amen. 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 That God will do a double portion. Amen. People worried about us impersonating Brother Branham. Forget about impersonating Brother Branham. You know, we are the, we are the Elisha. To the Elijah Jesus Christ received a double portion of his spirit. Amen. As he poured out himself in the message of token, he said it has to be because a woman and her husband become one. They become one. And so does the bride and Christ become one. The ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ is the same. That was so good, I'm going to repeat it. Amen. the ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ is the same. And remember these former treaties of Theophilus have I wrote unto you that Jesus began to do and continues to do. His death didn't stop him. No, sir, he returned again. Not a third person, but the same person returned in the form of the Holy Ghost. And to continue the work on and continues on, said the book of Acts. Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever that's the token that's the sign amen. now so you see that's why that's why we need to be in that place of revival where that our faith is tuned and awaken our faith again to the reality of God and why God has called you in this day amen amen he hadn't just called us to sit out here on the highway now and display us out here and where we were once in the backwoods and way back out in Claiborne Parish and, and some little double-trot roads, you know, and, and now put us out here where everybody can see us. That's not the display God wants. God wants a pride, a people who is called by his name, who does the works of Jesus Christ. Amen. That they are anointed Messiahs. Amen, he's the great light, they are little lights. Amen, they are anointed ones. Christ means the anointed one. And if a church is anointed by the Messiah spirit, it becomes a lesser but still a Messiah. Amen, Amen. because it's his light reflecting his power. People wonder, well, where is the pillar of fire? Well, where do you think it's supposed to be? (laughs) Some people can only find it at the grave of Brother Branham. That's the only place they've ever seen it. Hello. Hey Amen. I, I you know, I you know the, the, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. Perhaps he passes by there sometimes. I don't know. But that's no vindication. The pillar of fire is not with the tomb. The pillar of fire is with the people. Are you with me? And the angel of the covenant, Brother Branham said, that pillar of fire, he said, if I die this very night, now that pillar of fire has nothing to do with me. I'm just a man. That pillar of fire is in the church. Not only with me, it's in every one of you. It's in all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. This is where he said he was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Every person in the upper room received a tongue of fire, a portion of that pillar of fire. You say, well, where is the pillar of fire? It's in the church. Not in the building, in the church, in his people. Amen. In the paradox, Brother Brandon said, again, the pillar of fire is identified scientifically by reaction, by its character. Everything else is the same as it was when it was dwelling in the body of God's only begotten son. So does it dwell in the body of his adopted sons for the last day. Hallelujah. The pillar of fire dwells. It lives in the adopted sons for the last days. Now, you want to know where the pillar of fire is? It's in every Holy Ghost-filled person. Amen. 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 It's the Son of Man being revealed in the bright body. Amen. Again, go wake Jesus. Brother Brandon said, you know, I believe his earthly ministry has never ceased because he's in his people now. So think about that. The earthly ministry of Jesus still goes on. It's in his people. This is why he would say it is is under your feet. Every principality, every power, every spirit is under your feet. Amen. Because it's under his feet. And his earthly ministry has never ceased because he's in his people now the Hebrew book, he would say it this way. He said, now God has always been on the earth. God has never left the earth. If he'd ever leave the earth, I don't know what would become of it, but God's always been here in some form. Oh, praise his name. In case you're wondering, even after the bride leaves, God will still be here. Amen. Filling and sealing 144,000 with the Holy Spirit. Anointing and and, and using Elijah and Moses. Come on. Amen. Leading them as he's seen in Revelation 14, 15, 16. uh, They're leading that group there, that 144,000 up onto Mount Zion. All of that, he's shown there even. God will never leave the earth. Brother Brandon said when he, when he was preaching campaigns, he said, now when I leave here, the Holy Spirit will not leave. Amen. Somehow or another, you know, people's faith wound up dying with the prophet. Again, it's not in a tomb. Amen. It's not in a tomb. Our faith is not to die with a prophet of God. Amen. It's a handing down. If it was in the prophet of God, there's a handing down of the spirit of God. The same spirit that was upon Elijah rest upon Elisha. He said he was with the children in the wilderness coming out of Egypt in the form of a light. He spoke to Abraham in the form of a man. He spoke to Moses in the form of a man. He spoke to the church in the form of a man, his son, Christ Jesus. And he's speaking through his church today, through the anointed church of the living God, through vessels of clay. You are the branches, I am the vine, and God is still speaking, and the world sees Jesus as you present him. That's how the world is. You are written epistles, read of all men. Your life tells you what you are. God has been building. He's been building the church through the years. Until we come up, even Brother Branham said, it would come up like a pyramid. Not a pyramid, but like one. Coming up narrow and narrow as it comes and, and to receive A capstone. And, and, and he says, there to meet the capstone, there has to be a ministry that's exactly like him so that the two will unite together. And that's why, again, there has to be manifested messiahs in the last day because there has to be a ministry that matches him. It's the messiah. The anointed one, that anointing that we, that we referred to that must come down, that had to come down through Malachi 4, an anointing coming down to bring back the faith. Right. This is why he would tell us in, in um, Christ, the, or the mighty God unveiled, he said that, you know, God was in Christ, God in a man, the fullness of Godhead bodily in a man, God in a man, now is God in men. The fullness of the Godhead bodily in his entire church manifesting himself, fulfilling his word. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, in the ages past, we had Luther that had a portion. We had Wesley with a portion. We had Azusa Street with a greater portion. But this is not a day of portions. This is the day. Are you with me? where the fullness of the godhead bodily is in a people. Now, he's not here just as a portion of his spirit. He's not here just as a dead hopeless theology. He's here in his fullness. Amen. Brother Branham would talk about that and he said, "He would first reveal himself in Christ." the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and then to bring that fullness of the Godhead body into a people. This is God's plan. It's the handing down. This is why I would say God expressed in Jesus Christ, who is both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But now the complete fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in his church, the preeminence. And that all that God was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, was poured into the church, the believers. Amen. It was the anointed man. But now it's the anointed people. Amen. The anointed with the fullness of the Godhead body. How can we doubt it? It's been promised for this hour. You know, when we can look back at Jesus and Moses partially, partially had him and David had him and, you know, had him partially and Solomon and the songs of David, all of them had him in portion. But when Jesus came, he was all of that in one body. Hallelujah. Amen. Here we are in the last days, you know, he did that. Remember, he did that. The purpose of him doing that was that he could give his life on Calvary and to bring that same fullness back into the church again. Amen. Where that Luther had him in portion, Wesley had him in portion, others had him in portion, now the fullness of the Godhead bodily has been poured out into a people for the last day for Messiahs to be on display. Are we at the time? Brother Branham said, in there, there would come a time. Now, I want to deal with this just for a minute. There would come a time when he could express himself in the fullness of his Godhead deity through his church. Have the preeminence in this church. What? Oh, my, the anointed man, now the anointed people. Oh, my, to bring back what? The anointed bride and bridegroom. Anointed by what? Accepting what Eve turned down. And Adam, coming back with the anointing of the word because he said, my word is spirit. And anointed with the word, what Eve turned down, he comes back. And we accept. Now, Brother Branham said, there would be a time come forth. I think Brother Branham, when he would look at the seven thunders going to be revealed, and he'd say, sirs, is this the time? And I'm looking at this right here at the moment when a prophet would say, there would be a time come forth when he could express himself in the fullness of his Godhead. Oh, God, can't these message preachers say you can't express him in the fullness of his Godhead and deny the Holy Ghost? Deny the power of God? Deny divine healing? Just turn it into a cold, hopeless theology? You can't do it. There is a time that has come forth where that he would express himself in the fullness of his Godhead. I say, sirs, is this the time? Is this the hour? Well, if we're not, who is? If it's not the hour, when is it? If it's not the age, when will it come? Somebody help me. We're out of ages. We're out of messages. We're out of prophets. I'm talking about messenger, church-age messengers. We're out. We've we reached the end. And we, we, there has to come a time for that he can express himself in the fullness Amen. of his Godhead bodily deity through his church. Amen. Have the preeminence. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Oh, my. I'm in the middle of something right here. Oh, God help me today. The anointed man, now the anointed people. Amen. To bring back the anointed bride and bridegroom. Anointed by what? Accepting what Eve turned down. Did that go over your head? What did Eve turn down? She turned down the opportunity to bring forth a spoken word child. To become impregnated by the word. And she chose labor and childbearing and sorrow. Come on, instead, read the Bible. You know what happened through the choice that she made when she turned down the opportunity. Amen. Yes, yes, she, had, she, she, had, she was made out of the soil. Yes, she was made of the dust of the earth. Yes, she, but she was the highest of all of the cattle of the field, the fowl of the air. She had dominion. And she was more, she was more than just. Right. She had a soul. Right. And that soul was in the presence of God. Yeah. And, and could bring heaven down on the earth. And a millennial condition was there on the earth. Right. The lion laid down by the lamb. Nothing hurt or destroyed in all my holy mountain. Amen. What Eve turned down. What did she turn down? She turned down the opportunity to have a spoken word child, a child of the word. Come on. Amen. She turned it down. And, the, and, and because of that, it entered into sorrow, trouble, death, affliction. And everyone that was, has been born of that way has been born in that condition. Amen. What did Eve turn down? She, uh, uh, she turned down the opportunity to bring forth a spoken word child, a child of the word. And if we're not careful, that's exactly what the second Eve will do again in this last day. Amen. She don't want any of them screaming, hollering, Acts 2, 38, blabbering, screaming, miserable creatures. She thinks they are. Come on. Amen. It would ruin her and her educated, ethical, scientific society, church that she belonged to. It would throw her out at the next council. She can't have it. She don't want to be pregnated with the Word because that's the only kind that the Word can bring forth. Amen. Amen. Invisible union, he would say it this way again, and at the end time, both trees are coming to seed and proving themselves. We're right here today, Laodicea and the bride, just clear and pretty as it could be in the scripture right before your faces. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't be a virtuous, believing Christian and associate self in a denominational affair. And I'll tell you, church, when you just have this easy believing, when you have just this coming to the altar and accepting Christ, and and that's it, and never really getting changed. Are you with me? It's a denominational affair. Amen. And he says, you can't do it at the same time. One's got to be dead let the other live. Neither can you bear God's word son, neither can the church bring forth. They don't want one of them A screaming, shouting, speaking in tongues and all them things. You can't do that in a denominational church. Can't do it in message churches because they're denominations. They won't have you. They don't want to bring them like that. They will they take them up and shake their hands and say, if you believe it, you got it. As long as you put your name on the book, that's all you have to do. See, it's illegitimate children to the word and still claim to be religious. Amen. You see, Jesus would say, if I don't do the works that is written of me, don't believe me. But if I'm doing the works that's written of me, then believe what I'm telling you is the truth. That's why there always must be signs following them that believe. Because we must do what is written of us. It is written of us. We shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Come on. It is written of us. Jesus would say, who can condemn me of sin? You tell me one word the Father said of me that I hadn't done. You can, if you can, if I hadn't fulfilled all the words that's written to me, then you can point your finger at me, but I've done exactly what the Scripture said I would do. Said, oh, if the church would take that stand tonight as a representative of Jesus Christ. Where are we short? Amen. God, I want to live to see the day that the church of Jesus Christ can be one in purpose and heart and body standing in the full anointed power of the Holy Spirit to perform and work like Jesus did with God in them too. Amen. Now, there there again... Who can condemn me as sin? Who can condemn me? Who can say, I disbelieve the word? Well, when you've got a church and there's no signs and wonders among them, they're disbelievers of the word. Amen. When all the, the births are, are stillborn babies, they're disbelievers of the word. But when you have believers in the word, true belief, come on, who can condemn us of sin? Amen, God still heals cancer. Yeah, God still heals brain bleeds. Yeah, God still heals alopecia. Yeah, God still heals crippled children. Yeah, God still is a deliverer. He's the same in principle. Amen, who can condemn me of sin? Show me where, what the Father said we would do that we're not doing. That's where the church has to stand. Because in this day, we can't just claim to be messiahs. We must be messiahs on display. A bride that he will say, this is her. And the way he lifts her up and the way he goes with her. Let me find a stopping place. But I want you to look at your life and see if he's doing the works that he promised he would do. The works of Christ, of course, is not just miracles and healings. Amen. What about the, what about the miracle of truth telling? If you're still lying, he's not there. Amen. What about the miracle of keeping your tongue? Amen. That's a miracle. You know, if you're still cheating and stealing, he's not there. If you're still in porn, Jesus not in your ship. you went off without him. Amen, you might have, you, you might have met him down at the altar and talked to him all a little bit, you didn't take him with you. Amen, what about the miracle of never drinking or smoking or doping again? Amen know you know, I, you know we, we again, we have those trying to destroy the faith and it's not being preached. I know we got preachers that tell you, "Yeah, you know, you're you're bright and you you just grow out of it." But these, you just grow out of these sins. They're lying to you, amen. They're false representation of the message, amen. All you don't have to listen but a few tapes and you'll know that that teaching, that kind of teaching, is an absolute lie. Amen. It's no different than what's taught in the denomination somewhere. It denies the power of the gospel that will enable you to live an overcoming life. Let me tell you, this gospel works. It ain't just a charismatic religion, you know, of a tongue or a prophecy and something comes to pass once in a while or a healing or a miracle. A it's more than that. It's a life that is changed. You know, let me just help you here a little bit. If you're always struggling to live a Christian life to overcome dope and alcohol and all these other, you, you need Jesus. You don't have him. You're not born again. Amen. And just let me just tell you a shaka. You're not bribed. I'd to whip some people's head off and spin them around. But some of the people need a head spun around. I saw an old silent film of Laurel and Hardy years ago, a silent film. It was on 16 millimeters, how far back it was. And they went into some ritzy place and one of them knocked over a statue. And you know, it scared him because they were m- supposed to be moving a piano and it was an expensive place and they ain't never seen And they were all goggle-eyed and they looked over this statue and mo- touched it and it fell over and the head fell off. And so the guy grabbed it and he, he puts it back on, but he sets it on backwards. <laughs> the other guy, he's coming along behind him some steps later from one room to the other, and they're looking at this marvelous place and so ritzy and everything else, and he sees that statue there with its head on backwards, and he goes, <laughs> and that's what I want to do sometimes. When I look around and I see these that have got their heads on backwards, yeah. turn it around. People might have got used to it ahead on backwards, but I ain't used to it. Hey Amen. I know I know this. You're not bride. Let me tell you why you're not bride. Because you can only become bride by being united and married to him. And you cannot be united Christ and still be, in, do, be doing cocaine or drinking a beer or two. Dabbling in this or that. Come on. You cannot be the bride of Christ and be doing that. You're not married to him. You've got another husband. You might claim to be bride and I would say, potentially I hope you are with all my heart. i like to believe you are, but I don't see any evidence yet. The evidence is a changed life where you hate sin well, I hate it, but I can't help but do it. No, you don't hate it. You still love it. It's still your love life. Although you might claim to hate the way you are, and maybe even say, I hate that, I hate that cocaine, I hate that alcohol, I hate that tobacco, I hate that, those drugs, I hate that, you know, that porn. But the truth of it is, you still love it. You're still its slate it's still your master. And you might protest, but I love Jesus. Perhaps so. But you love sin more. It's still your master. You can't serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. Come on. Of course, you would never say you hate Jesus, but you just love him less. And here's the truth of the matter. You don't know Jesus. Jesus. You might know of his word, but you don't know him. You might know of some of his truths, but you don't know Jesus. To know Jesus is to know of his power to save and deliver. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not saying there's no hope for you. I'm telling you that your only hope is Jesus. Amen. You'll never find Jesus by digging until you find some preacher that'll comfort you. And by telling you you're a bride and that God will never lose you, that you're predestinated and you'll be okay, the truth is you're not bride and you're not okay and you're lost and the only way for you to come bride is to die to sin or sin nature is dead and you're born again, a new creation, a brand new species. And that's who I'm talking about, the bride of Christ. She's a brand new species. She's born again. That's why she can believe. That's right. That's right. So, well, where will I find Jesus? Well, will I find him at the altar? Maybe, maybe not. Will I find him at my pew? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, well, will I find him there when I'm driving down the car one day? Maybe, maybe not. Well, where are you going to find Jesus? When you get rid of your stinking pride and you realize, I must get to Jesus. When you realize you're a dying man, and you're grasping for straws, and these straws come from false preachers, and they ain't saving me. Finding Jesus comes only through repentance, by turning from sin, and being born again. And your old man is dead. Sorry, until that happens, you're not bride. But you can be. But you got to let go of the other lovers first. Right. Right. Well, I'm predestinated. You don't know that until you get the Holy Ghost. The Bible said you're predestinated to adoption. Is that right? Amen. And so you see, when you get the Holy Ghost, then you know how always was he when you get the Holy Spirit you can look back and say I never really belong to the devil he has no claim on me I'm blood washed I'm not just blood washed and my sins is gone they're annihilated and they're not just annihilated they've been changed by the chemistry of the blood until it lays on the head of the accuser and the one who accused me is going to hell not me Hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was never created for one son of God and I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. It's a positive token. It's not a hope so religion. The Bible said that he that's born of God does not commit sin for he cannot sin for the seed of God remains in him. And how can he sin when a sinless God is in him when he's when a sinless God, he's in a sinless God, how can he sin? No matter what he's done, the blood's covered him. He is a new creature now. His desires and ambitions is of heaven. That's what you want to find out. Where are your desires? Amen worries, what is your ambitions? Amen, what is your heart set upon? Amen. His desires and ambition is heaven because he's changed from a cuckoo bird to a wheat. His desires aren't the same as it once was. And he displays it. You say, oh, I believe that. And you're still sinning. Now, you're deceived. It can't display nothing but the token. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, brother Tim, this body is mine. And I can, I can do what I want to with it. I want you to remember he also created your body. And our bodies will have to obey him. You surrender your thoughts to him, surrender your life, surrender your faith. You watch his body, your body start doing what he says. Automatically. If you're a drunkard you can't quit drinking... Surrender that life to him. Amen. You won't drink no more. Right. Amen. If you're a habitual smoker, try to give it up and can't do it, surrender that to him. Watch what happens. Right. Amen. Amen. He'll make that body come in subjection to the word. Right. But you've got to surrender it to him. You've got to believe him. Amen. As many as received him to them, he gave you power Amen. to be sons of God. Amen. He makes our body. They obey his will. They, be, they obey his will also. You believe that if you're a Christian, you have to. You say he makes our bodies obey. Oh, I believe we have jurisdiction over that. And there's some of you do. So you put, still put on paint? Still cut your hair? Still wear the wrong kind of clothes? Still use abusive drugs and alcohol and this and that? Because you got jurisdiction over. It. But you're not fully surrendered. Amen. Amen. But when them old worldly thoughts die, and that old man, that old sin nature, dies, and you're born again anew, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, and old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And it's not hard anymore to live a Christian life. There's no struggle. It's natural. Amen. And it's supernatural. Amen. What you could not do before, it does for you. Amen. Amen. It changes you. And what a secure feeling that is, is knowing and watching the Holy Spirit change your nature from a vile person. And then know you pass from death into life and see his Holy Spirit living in a, his life. And so then his works become on display. Manifested sons. Your little sisters, you men, all of us, we walk down the streets displaying Amen. the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Displaying the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's lived out of our lives. It's manifest. It's Messiah's. On display. Amen. No, not, not just, oh, we all, we healed the sick, we did this, we had a miracle here, you know, no, our lives are displaying His character. Amen. You know, we're, we're missing something. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of preaching on the flesh and the flesh and the flesh. And, and listen, get the Holy Ghost and you won't have to worry about the flesh. You'll have something that will rule the flesh. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Sure, you feed your flesh, it's going to destroy you. But if you get the Holy Ghost, you won't feed the flesh. You'll walk in the Spirit. It'll teach you and guide you and lead you into all truths. That's why Brother Brandon said we find there's something missing in our churches. It's the power of Christ. Starts on the very elementary level. We got to live right first. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's about a nature change. You know, you no more have to tell Christians anymore, don't don't do this and don't do that. And don't do that any more than walking out and looking at an apple tree and saying, don't you never bury any pears. You never have to tell that apple tree. Don't bear pears. You're an apple tree. Right? Because why? It's from the nature. It's from the nature. It's from the root. And when you are from the root, Christ, then Christ is going to be through all the branches. Then these signs will follow them that believe. Hallelujah. Then they'll live overcoming lives. And then there will be that power Amen. that is in the church. Amen. Brother Bradham said, we're missing something. We're missing power. We ought to have where the big machine ought to be up running and great signs and wonders. This building ought to be full of the power of God till sinners couldn't stay in here. The Holy Spirit condemning it right quickly like that, like Ananias and Sapphira, and we're missing something. he say, where are we short? God, I want to live to see today that the church of Jesus Christ can be one in purpose, heart and body, standing in the full anointed power of the Holy Spirit to perform and work like Jesus did with God in them too. Too often we're still preaching reformation instead of restoration. Pastors are trying to reform the church and she can't be reformed without making just another denominational child. Denominational children still have to be reformed by constant preaching against the sins of the flesh. If you ever get that man or woman converted, you don't have to worry about the deeds of the flesh. Amen. Amen. What God is, uh, wants, he wants sons of God with power. Amen. And that power starts with your flesh. Amen. Bring it subject. Amen. Bring it to the obedience to the will of Christ. Listen, when, when man sinned, he yielded his members to Satan to sin with. Amen. Right? In other words, his hands, his feet, his eyes, his mouth, his mouth that never spoke guile, was never dishonest. He yielded that to Satan, and now he begins to speak that. Now he begins to behave in ways that he would have never done as a son of God. Because why? Sin nature had taken hold. But when you're born again, you're a new creature in Christ. And sin, nature has no more dominion. Sin does not have dominion over you. It does not reign over your body. You reign over sin. And you bring that body subject to the word of God. Now you are members. What righteousness. Amen. We're going to stop right there. Because I want to deal in the next time what sin did. It made a chasm between man and God. But then I want to show you what the new birth does. It takes the chasm completely away. Where there's never even a remembrance anymore. That God can never look at and say, one time you were over there. And you don't ever have to worry about falling in the chasm again. Because it's gone forever. And you stand under the blood as an adopted son and operate as a son. Bring in everything under dominion. Sin. Unbelief. Doubt. Every kind of sin, whatever you name it, you bring it under. It's dominion. You have dominion again. You're a son. A Messiah on display. Let's stand together. Let the musician come. Let me just read this to you. Remember when sin entered the picture... It put a breach, a chasm between God and man. But reformation will never bring you back, only restoration. And Brother Brandon said in the future home, just like all the curse of sin is gone, when the Holy Ghost accepts you, you don't accept it, it accepts you. Because it's God's attribute. See, if it's the Holy Ghost, it means God's spirit, and it's the attribute. The thought of God has accepted you because you were ordained for that purpose. Yet you were born in sin, but God had that attribute. And here you expressed yourself here on earth, and he comes down and gets you. And you're back here. Here is where you belong. See, sin has lost its power that's right this desire of sin has done gone from your heart when the holy spirit comes in you are a restored person not a reformed person a restored person restored to what what god had in his mind of you before the world began A restored person. That's where we're standing. That's what the message is about. Restoration is not about reformation. Find that old song, Redeemed, how I love pro- to proclaim it Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Let's just worship God for a moment. We're redeemed been bought with a price, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by this infinite mercy. His child, and he might lose me. No, his child and forever I am. No going back, no falling away, no more disgrace, no shame on me. And I got a token, yes. the Holy Ghost, that says every debt against me was paid and my deed is cleared. Amen. And that's what God did in this day was to confirm it to an end time people. Amen. Amen. Redeemed how I love to proclaim Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb.